and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, back in the saddle on another terrific Tuesday morning, friends. Today is Torch Report 249. We will be discussing the essence of justice, dissecting in the lessons I learned from a day of jury duty. Friends, I must apologize. Yesterday, I was getting ready to head out. Uh, come on over to the office, world headquarters here, and record a wonderful podcast for you. And you know what I just realized? Today's Wednesday. <laughs> oh, man. It's a wonderful, wild Wednesday. That's right. Yesterday was Tuesday, and uh, I had jury duty. Anyway, I was going to have the door. My wife said, hey, did you uh, call in for jury duty? And I was like, what? Jury duty? Oh, shnikes. And so I did. And uh, <laughs> as it happened, you know, after all these years in so many different states, they finally caught up with me. They called me in. I got patted down. Uh, they scanned me with the magic wand. They ushered me into a little room. Then, bam, I got selected for jury duty. I just didn't see that coming. I really didn't see that coming. Uh, it was it was a learning experience. Uh, I spent the whole day listening to lawyers banter back and forth as they made their respective cases regarding the future of the man in the chair in front of me. He was a uh, an average man by all appearances, a simple man, a hardworking man. On his way home from work after a 12-hour night shift, and that's when it happened, friends. That's when it happened. He was charged with criminal hit and run, an offense that could bring down a hefty $20,000 fine and up to 10 years in prison. He would have lost his commercial driver's license and you know, had to pay massive increases in insurance premiums, not to mention all the additional civil charges that could have been uh, associated with this, friends. In other words, there was a lot on the line. This man's future would be massively impacted by his day in court. What would the evidence reveal? You know, what was the verdict? You know, ah! <laughs> friends, uh, I, I got to say I'm going to sh- share a little bit on the story here um, for those who are listening on Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, etc. You got to realize there's stuff in the articles that's not in the podcast. There's stuff in the podcast that's not in the article. So you got to check them out. Both of them uh, at Torch Report, thetorchreport.com. Now, As it turned out, friends, there was a lot of evidence uh, on both sides, and we have to assume innocence until proven guilty, right? That's the whole basis of our justice system. You got you're innocent until you're proven guilty, and you get to uh, make your account in the in presence of your peers, a jury by peers. Uh, Sixth Amendment here, and. As it came to pass, the evidence did not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this man had hit uh, and run, that he was trying to flee the scene of the crime. Though that was the case the state was trying to make, it was not clear by the evidence presented that that was, in fact, the story. So as it all came down, this man received a not innocent, not guilty. I'm sorry. <laughs> not innocent. Oh, man, I'm rusty. Take a day off and you get rusty. Now... It was interesting when the jury went into deliberation, there were six of us who had been, you know, carefully selected from amongst the crowd. And we went in and, you know, okay, who thinks he's guilty? Half the crowd raised their hand and half did not. 
And we had to discuss that and talk it through. Why did some people think he was guilty of, of fleeing the scene of the crime? Why did other people not believe that he was guilty of fleeing the scene of the crime? And this whole internal deliberation, which happened behind closed doors, you know, that was what ultimately decided how this guy's life was going to go. You know, and this is just one small little uh, example. At last night, as I was reflecting on this whole experience, I realized just how fickle the justice system is. Innocent people are charged every day, while guilty people get away with murder every day. You know, that's just how it happens. Who, you know, who has the better lawyer? Uh, how astute are the jurors, you know, in their observation of the evidence? You know, who gets to decide what justice actually is anyway? And interestingly enough, it was not the judge that gets to decide what justice is. The judge, at least in this case, simply just kind of droned on and on about all the legal parameters established by the state and prior legal precedent. He was just reading from a script, literally reading from a script of legalese, page after page. Oh, you got this, that, but people's eyes are glossing over. Who the hell's paying attention to what this guy's saying? Let alone comprehending the the implications of the legalese being uh, instructed to us. You know, he read off the scripts. He told us what the law said we were supposed to do, what we were not supposed to do. Do not let anything influence your mind. You have to be completely objective and impartial and unbiased. You know, yeah, right, sure, that's going to happen. You know, and then he refereed back and forth between the bickering attorneys. Objection, ah, sustained. You know. Well, objection. Well, whatever. Go ahead and let him answer the question. You know, whatever. You know, all this kind of stuff. And then at the end, after the jury's deliberation, we came out uh, and he announced the jury's verdict of not guilty. That's it. That's what the judge did. So, you know, my impression of the judge's role in the justice system here, at least based on this little example, was, you know, underwhelming to say the least. We are constantly bombarded about you know, some judge striking down this law or that, you know, some judges behaving as an independent arbiter of legal power when in fact they are often little more than partisan hacks, you know, and for the record in this local case, I don't believe the judge wasn't, was, uh, was being biased or anything like that. I think he was impartial. Uh, it, it this was just a hit and run, you know, it wasn't a political hit job. So, I mean, there was really no, uh, political, uh, stake here. But, but in theory, as I was as wrapping my head around this, in theory, the judge determines what is legal, not what is just. It's an interesting distinction. You know, justice is determined by a jury of peers who have been randomly selected from the community at large. By extension, the takeaway here is that justice is ultimately decided by regular everyday people. Not the lawyers who are presenting the evidence and making their case, uh, not the judges who so judiciously reign over the proceedings. It's the people, you know, just normal people. And in the end, it's the closed door, private deliberations of ordinary people that ultimately decide the fate of their peers. It's really, you know, uh, there's so much to this in my mind. It's my, you know, th this, this has extraordinary consequence, right? So somebody gets... Say this guy was found guilty. You know, say say that the jury said this guy's guilty. He loses his license. He loses his job. You know, I mean, all hell breaks loose in his life. That's one small example. What if you're guilty of murder? What if you're guilty of something, but you were innocent, in fact, and it was just the uh, 
the evidence presented persuaded the jury to say guilty. Okay, what if on the, the opposite side of that, uh, one thing that got discussed in with behind closed doors was the OJ trial, and the people are b- talking back and forth, and you know, yeah, no, clearly he did it, but uh, the case it had to get tossed out or whatever the case may be. So, so guilty people get off scot free, and on technicalities and this kind of stuff. But when I think also, you know, when I think about the the uh, extraordinary consequence of deciding the fate of our peers. I think of justice, in, you know, like zoom out and think about it in the big context. You know, we the people have to decide what justice is and is not. And it's being redefined every day by the social justice warriors and the extraordinary consequences of redefining justice. Be, you know, just a few people are redis- environmental justice and social justice and all that. No, 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 time out, time out, time out. We decide what justice is, not these jackass, you know, judicial activists from the Ninth Circuit, etc. You know, that's not the case. We, the people, decide what justice is, and it's very arbitrary and subject- subjective. And when it really comes right down to it, it's very fickle. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, I want to get into that, you know, but just understand that justice being meted out by the jury by you know jury of peers this has been standard practice of common law for nearly a thousand years okay and it's it is constitutionally enshrined in the sixth amendment every american has this right to a jury by uh to a trial by jury okay there are exceptions whatever and i'm not a, i'm not a legal scholar here is it a flawless system absolutely not you know obviously we just pointed out some flaws but do you have a better idea you know i i don't th- i don't have a better idea sounds like a good deal you know let's let's work here but what is justice, you know? Now, I was flinging back on it. Uh, we've explored this topic most specifically in Torch Report 189. When police get political, we discuss what is justice. And we we're talking about the new definitions of justice. And in that article, I pointed out in Torch Report 189, I pointed out that justice is the juiciest of all subjective terms. I pointed out that America was founded as a country with liberty and justice for all, but we've drifted far away from that. You know, we're not, there isn't liberty and justice for all. We have a two tier justice system. We have, uh, political corruption of the highest sort, you know, complete and utter flagrant violations of law and no accountability whatsoever. You know, our society has become less free and less just with every election cycle, at least in recent history. And our republic ultimately has devolved into a democracy. And in a democracy, justice gets defined by the mob. And in this case, the social justice mob. And the report went on also to raise the alarm over the fact the U.N. cops, the uh, international police, these U.N. cops are being trained and equipped to enforce social justice on the whole of humanity by force. And, it, you know, such a big issue there. But the paragraph that I felt summed up the threat the best, I put it here in the I'll just read it to you. The first element in justice, according to the U.N. cops, is the threat and or use of force. So the first element of justice is a threat or use of force. Put differently, in order to ensure that you and I comply with their understanding of justice, they are mobilizing an international force of woke police who, along with their blue hats and batons, will be deploying AI to effectively realize our common agenda, which is, in fact, the global socialist state. So that's a little excerpt there from Torch Report 189. If you're not familiar with that, go back and read it. But, you know, it's all very well disturbing, but let's bring it back a little bit closer to home. You know, UN cops, you know, enforcing social justice, that's a big issue. But there's there's justice that's 
throughout the national news, this all, any given day, there's more news than we can get into, right? There's so many examples of where justice, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda, shoulda, coulda, woulda been applied. And I just want to show a couple of here that are from recent things going on that I think are newsworthy that we should be, it should be on the radar. Like the fact that election officials in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, uh, other states as well, they've declared that they cannot certify election results in good conscience. Uh, but there are liberal judges who are attempting to force them to certify the judge, coerce them uh, to certify, not the judge, certify the outcome of the elections. But there are county officials who say, look, there's all this, you know, all these examples of discrepancies and all these issues going on. How can we in good conscience certify this election? We can't. We don't know for, for sure that, it, you know, we've got legit results here. And yet the liberal judges are saying you have to do that or else we're going to, you know. Take your ass to court, you know. It's against the law for you not to certify the election. Well, if that's the case, then why the hell are, you know, why are we even here? Just go ahead and pick whoever the hell you want and put them in office. Because if we have to certify the election under the threat of law, then what? You know, how is this justice? Now, links there in the article, friends, you, go, you guys aren't following what's going on in these states. It is very disturbing. Our election system is just an effing mess. Now, completely different, you know, scenario, you know, something it, it is related, but uh, different. I'll, I'll throw it together here. But three different uh, so-called crypto kings, these big guys who are big in the crypto industry, developers and such, they've mysteriously died in a matter of weeks. Three major crypto kings have mysteriously died in a matter of weeks at the exact same time as the Fed has launched its own digital currency piloting program. And there are people out there speculating that there may be foul play, like, huh? So there's all these big crypto kingpins out there, and they just got knocked off at the same time that the U.S. Fed Reserve just said, hey, you know, we're going to launch our own digital currency. We're going to have to take care of these other crypto kings because we want to be the king, you know? But will there be justice? Will there be a fair trial by jury? Will a jury examine the evidence and decide that these crypto kings were not, in fact, Arkansas, you know, I don't know. Who knows? You know, how about this one? Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, was convicted of seditious conspiracy. And he may, in fact, spend up to 20 years behind bars because he was duped by a bunch of FBI informants who repeatedly called for violence leading up to J6. He was not calling for violence. He was just in the group or the leader of the group that had been infiltrated by FBI informants who were calling for violence. And that's why he's now going to have to spend 20 years behind bars making an example out of him. Is that justice? How is that justice? I mean, it's it's not justice. How are these three things connected? You know, I could go on and on and on. What's the point here? Uh, the the elections, midterm elections, who are to this day, good people of good conscience cannot and sound mind, I would say, cannot certify these and are refusing to certify these election results. And the very same thing happened in 2020. There were people that had questions and the, and the questions were not answered, but the results were certified and crammed through and we get the sock puppet in office that we have now. That's what the whole J6 show trial was about, making examples of those people who were stepping up to demand accountability and say, hey, where's the justice for all? What about the justice of deciding... You know, what is and isn't, uh, say, a legitimate outcome of an election, you know, and then this whole thing with the crypto kings, how does that fit in there? If you think about, um, you know, Zoom way out, global cabal trying to take over the world, 
and they got to take control of the money supply and all of that kind of stuff. They got to take control of the elections. They got to take control of the finance. They got to take the control of the means of production and consumption. We've all we've talked about all of this at length. You know, that's kind of how it all ties together. There's an invisible hand out there orchestrating all this chaos, and we're just sitting back watching the uh, the shift show, and it just gets more entertaining by the day. So that is a few things that I missed while I was in jury duty out there, friends. But is there really any justice? Let's just come back to the the practical here. Will there be any justice? What does justice look like to you? Do you think that judges imposing their own political will, is that justice? Do you think whichever lawyer argues best is a fair determinant of justice? Whoever wins the argument, that's justice? Do you think that politicians breaking the law and getting away with it is a picture of justice? What do you think, my friends? Do you think these same politicians who are breaking the law have any incentive whatsoever to ever reestablish or enforce actual justice? Do you think that the UN cops are going to be able to enforce social justice all around the world? You know, who gets to decide what justice is again? Who's deciding that? You know, who's responsible for doling out this justice anyway? That's right. That's right. That's right. You know what? I remember I just learned it's the ordinary everyday people. We are the jury. And so, again, what do you think? You know, is there going to be justice? Who gets to decide? Who gets to dole out justice? We the people, ultimately, friends. Hey, what about this headline here? Just to throw one more at you. It caught my eye. Five cars rented by Biden's Secret Service burst into flames in Nantucket. And then there's an investigation into the vehicles used by the first family. So five cars exploded and burst into flames in Nantucket. And it sounds super suspicious, right? Uh, but I'm sure it was just an accident and, and nothing to see here. But the question is, will there be any justice? Friends, I think you know the answers. There'll be no investigations into these, you know, five Secret Service vehicles blowing up. You know, uh, if there was an investigation, there'll be no verdict. If there was a verdict, there'll be no justice. You know, we've seen all of this a thousand times. There is no cavalry coming, friends. If there was one great, big, huge takeaway from my single day of jury duty, it is this. Justice comes down to us. It comes down to we, the people standing up, speaking up and and deliberating <laughs> about what the best outcome might be. So friends, that is the message of my heart for today. Thanks for being patient. Sorry I missed you yesterday. It Today is a wonderful Wednesday. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the great honor. Take the time. Click the heart. Give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Don't forget, you can join the Patriot Club for as little as $7 a month and get instant access to the special report on commie mind control because the commies are taking over the world. And we'll get back to that fact tomorrow, friends. Get out there and embrace this beautiful day, and I will look forward to talking to you again soon. Soon.